Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. God's will is for you to be stronger. He wants his children strong. You have the capacity for more strength. And we're speaking of spiritual strength. And uh, spiritual strength is not a function of genetics. It's not a function of birth order. It's not a function of your personality. Spiritual strength is something that is not automatic, but it is something that can be part of the process. Here's the quote I stole from Duane. I'd rather be with God in the middle of a journey than sitting alone at the beginning. It's a process and it's a growth. And, you know, and this is something that we realize sometimes you hear a message and you think, well, I'm not there. Well, n- neither is anybody else. And so the, the objective is we're getting there and we're moving in that direction. And so God's will for you is that you be stronger. But I thought we, we have a, a, a poem that, that I think we may have put out on one of our uh, uh, bookmarks back there. It says, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I walk by faith and not by sight. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory. My little, my little three-year-old granddaughter quotes that. She has hand motions to it. If she can learn it, so can you. It's a good, it's a good thing to learn. And, uh, but I, I was thinking about that because we, we'll say sometimes, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, or I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the question then is, what does that look like? What does, it, what does it look like to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? It's a good question. Because sometimes we can kind of get all kinds of images or we really don't know. And if we really don't know, how do we shoot for it? Well, would we know if we were strong? And so let me just talk a little bit about being strong in the Lord. Um, the best example of it is Jesus. He's the greatest example of strength that we're going to find, period, bar none. Obviously, I'm not just talking about physical strength like they used to have. ESPN used to have those strong men contests. Just remember years ago, early ESPN, before they just became what they are today, man, they were looking for content, and they used to get all these strong men contests. And, man, they got out of these guys from Sweden and, and Norway, and they got some big brothers over there, man, and they're, they're, they're moving tires and, and hauling stuff and taking boulders. I'm not talking about that kind of strength because most of us don't feel like that's really within our wheelhouse right now. Uh, So we're we're talking about spiritual strength. Jesus was not the physical strength, but his strength was immense. So in in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 2, we see something about Jesus said, so we want to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising or looking down on the shame, and it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're looking to Jesus as our example for strength. So here's some things we see in Jesus. He never gave in. Hebrews 4, 15. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus never gave in. He had temptations that we all deal with, but he didn't give in to them. He dealt with the prospect of fear, didn't give in to that. So he didn't give in to his feelings. 
Jesus never gave in. You're talking about someone who dealt with some of the very same feelings and things that we dealt with. And you listen, it's important that you do that. Because if you put Jesus in the category where he just kind of floated along with a halo and kind of floated along and you just think he was then like, well, he, he was the supernatural Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I'm not just the son of God, I'm the son of man. And he was born. So he had, he got tired, he slept, he was hungry, he ate, he, he felt as we felt, as we feel. And so he had all those things going on and he dealt with the very same things, but he didn't give in. He didn't give in, he didn't give up, he didn't give out. He was strong. And he didn't give in to the pressure of people and he didn't give in to the pressure of the enemy. He never gave up. He lived to obey and please God. You know, he dealt with a lot of opposition constantly dealing with opposition. As we read through the, the New Testament, reading it over and over again, as we read through the New Testament, I'm amazed at all the opposition that Jesus dealt with. I mean, sometimes we think, oh, everyone saw Jesus and everyone just loved Jesus. A lot of people did not love Jesus. And, and they came against him. I mean, they said, he's demon-possessed. And so we're talking about, he, he had religious people that didn't like him, he had the Pharisees and the and the, the Sadducees and the wooden seas and all those seas, they wouldn't like him. And none of them liked him, and they always opposed him. And he never just threw up his hands and went, I give up. I am so tired of dealing with these people. I am Get somebody else to die for him. He never did. He didn't give in. He didn't give up all the way to the cross and fulfill the cross. Do you realize what strength it took to go through that? Not just the physical strength, but to take the sins of the world on him. We, we have no idea what that did to him spiritually. He didn't give up. He didn't give in. He didn't give out. He never just got tired of being good. And John, look at this verse here in John. I always was struck by this. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. If you knew that you were facing the cross and the pain and the beatings and the, and the being separated from God, which you never had been, and taking the sins of the world, wouldn't you think that would be a, a, a moment of stress for you? That would be, wouldn't you think that would occupy your mind? And instead of just standing there at the Last Supper and Jesus going, look, I just need you guys to leave me alone. I need a moment. I need you to leave me alone. I got a lot on my mind. I got a lot of stuff going on. Just leave. And Judas, you better. Just. <laughs> the Bible said he loved them to the end, to the point where he even washed their feet and washed Judas' feet. Jesus didn't give in, didn't give up, didn't give out. He's our example of strength. And so he's the one we look to. We're looking to cultivate strength. The Bible says be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So Jesus is our example and we have a connection with him. John 15, 5. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He who abides is connected in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. So he's saying we've got a connection there. We're connected to him. We're intended to bear fruit. Now what was that fruit supposed to look like? In other words, they're supposed to be in our lives, coming out of all of our lives. They're supposed to be 
evidences of the life of Jesus Christ within us. And it's, that's called bearing fruit. And, and, and a lot of you probably bear more fruit than you realize. Some of you realize what you used to be. And you realize, man, I am not what I used to be. Have you ever looked at a situation and gone, oh, praise God. If that had been me a few years ago, all hell would have busted loose up in here. Keith Moore said he, had a, he saw a t-shirt and said, I'm going to let God fix this. He said, because if I fix it, I'm going to jail. <laughs> Just look straight ahead. Go, Amen, brother. I'm glad. Oh. But we realize how much of a change has taken place in us. What's happened is we're bearing fruit. Your family, that people that knew you years ago, and they're like, you're, you're different. You're different. That difference good. That, that means you're bearing fruit. And we're to bear fruit that honors God, but it's a reflection of the life of God on the inside of us. Now, here's the thing. It says we're to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That means we're to be the kind of people that walk in connection with him. And doing that, we're followers of him. And John said this. This is John the apostle writing later on, 1 John. He said, he who says he abides is connected to him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Now, don't let that throw you, but that's our future, and that's our goal, is that we can begin to walk as Jesus walked. Now, when, when I say that, you're thinking, like, do I have to get a robe and, and kind of walk in and speak in soft tones and go, bless you, bless you, bless you. No, that's weird. Walking as he walked means how Jesus, how you walk with him is going to be different in you than it is in me, but it's going to be the same fruit. And as we walk as he walked, what happens is then we're the ones who don't give in, give up, and give out. Does that make sense? Joy was, uh, we went down to the beach. Uh, we, we, every year we, we try to go to the beach uh, with the whole family. And we found if you rent it, they will come. <laughs> and so we're down at the beach and uh, Joyce said she is sitting out there on, on the deck early in the morning and uh, she's just fellowshipping and praying and talking with the Lord and she said, she said it, was, it was crazy on the inside we had just gotten some bad news about one of our grandchildren all three of, of uh, me, Matt and Josh, my son-in-law, all three of us are, we can't get off the bed sick. I mean, we, it ain't pretty. We were sick, sick. We had some kind of stomach bug, and it hit us. And Joyce said, she said, I am sitting out there. She said, all hell's busting loose. She said, and I have peace. And she, she told the Lord, she said, I'm doing good for all this stuff going on. And what's, what was going, what, what's happening in joy? Strength. She's not freaking out. She's not breaking down. She's not going crazy. And even though things are rough on the inside, she's looking to the Father and she's exhibiting strength. I believe Jesus never freaked out. I believe it's not our plan, that God's plan that we freak out all the time. That we keep in that calm and in that peace. And you know what? Things turned. You know, not one of the not one of the, of the girls got that disease. In fact, we called it the men flu. <laughs> Not one of the girls 
and not one of the kids got it. And in terms of the other child, we're believing God's going to turn this one around too. But the thing about it is, not freaking out is being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Does that make sense? And so strength, if you say, I'm, I'm going to be strong in the Lord, that does not mean you have a strong personality and you bowl over everybody. That's not necessarily being strong in the Lord. So let's take a look at how can you become stronger in the Lord. I'll give you just a little passage out of the book of Luke. And uh, it, it's got some things in there. We won't get to all of them tonight, but let's take a look at these. Luke chapter 4 said, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Let me give you four things, how you can become stronger in the Lord. The first one is, don't go it alone. Did you catch that first part? It said, and Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit was led by the Spirit. Now, we just did a, a long series on the Holy Spirit, God's gift to us. But here's one of the things. If Jesus was filled with and led by the Spirit. How many of you know we need to be filled with and led by the Spirit? And we need His help in, in our life. I, it's, it's the, more I, the more I'm, I guess as I have birthdays, you see how I phrase that? He's like, you're getting old. No, I'm not. I'm just having multiple birthdays. Um, the more birthdays I have, the more I realize how much We've tried to do this without the Holy Spirit's help, and we need his help. And, uh, and I, the big church needs his help. And I'm going to read something to you. I thought this was interesting. Um, this is talking about the big church. He said, the church, big C, the church's danger ever has been to substitute ministry of the intellect for a ministry of the spirit, to confide in the human instead of the superhuman, and the indication that she's entangled in this snare is the feeling conscious or unconscious that she, again, big church, can do with less prayer now than formerly on account of the progress of the age, an age which is supposed not to require the supernatural helps that other ages did. Now, here's what's interesting. That was written in 1868 but it applies today. That's to say, we think, well, we've, got, we've gotten smart. We've got science. We have technology. We have the internet. We don't need the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Wrong. We need his help. And if we're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, don't try this alone. Because here's one thing we always have to keep in mind. He is, the, he is strength. Look at this second... You know this one, Second Timothy. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Does that sound like strength to you? Sound, a, spirit, a spirit of power and not just any power, God's power. A spirit of power, 
a spirit of love. You say, well, lo love is weak. No, 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 my friend. It takes more strength to walk in love than to walk in selfishness. Amen. You say, selfishness is easy. Anyone can do that. But to walk in love, to walk with a concern for others, to walk putting others first, whew, that takes strength. And soundness of mind, not a fragmented mind, not a tormented mind. The Holy Spirit in us is never going to torment us. He's never going to bombard us with thoughts that are wrong. He's the one that helps us get the thoughts right. He's the one that has the power to overcome anything that we deal with. And the love in us is willing and stronger than anything that the enemy can bring our way. And so that's strength. And that kind of strength is being strong in the Lord. Don't go it alone. Here's a second one. Don't allow feelings and fleshly desires to dominate. Jesus fasted for 40 days. That means he had to tell his body no. So, Alan, should I go on a 40-day fast? I would not recommend it. In all seriousness, I would not recommend it. The Lord led him to do that, and that's where you want to go. Jesus, you're amazing. Just try it for one day. Forget 40. Just, just go one. Just or two or three. But to fast means to, to put aside. So he didn't eat for 40 days. He had to tell his body no. You know, the thing about it is, is <laughs> you have to call the shots, not your body, not your flesh. If you want to be strong in the Lord, you're going to have to tell your body no. Your fleshly desires, no. Because here's a revelation, and this sounds so simple, but you really need to get it. When you got saved, when you got born again, when you made Jesus your Lord, your body did not get saved. And it still wants to do the very same things that it used to do. I remember when I, when I first came back to the Lord, I was a Wrangler jean salesman. And uh, I was down in the south part of Houston, around Clear Lake. I sold, I sold men's jeans. And for some reason, they put on my cards in the, in the garment industry, it was called tops and bottoms. And it's like, men's bottoms specialist. I didn't like that. <laughs> really had a problem with that. I, I, I really did. But they understood it in the garment industry, but I didn't pass that out to a lot of other people. I just, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, but with, with selling jeans, you became very accustomed to looking at jeans. You just noticed jeans all the time. I was a, a jean salesman. And of course, they, you know, they told me to wear uh, my Wrangler's tight, and I could at that time, and uh, that's when that's when the body fat, you know, a lot lower. And um, <laughs> but I remember when I got saved, it just seemed like for a, for just like a few weeks, I didn't even notice women. It was just like I was just floating for a while. And one day, a girl walked past me with tight jeans, and I found myself. Don't y'all look so innocent? I can feel the innocent looks. I, I can feel the condemnation. Don't, don't judge. You'll have a problem walking out tonight. Don't judge. I, but, I, but what struck me was I was surprised by it until I realized that my body would still want to do the same things that it used to. If you're going to be strong, you're going to have to tell your body no. Your body still want to do the same. Your body did not get saved. Your flesh did not get saved. Until you renew your mind to get some things straightened out, you'll have to deal with it. But don't feel bad. So did the apostle Paul. 
Look at this verse. This is Paul talking. He said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. The Apostle Paul wrote that. And you thought, oh, the Apostle Paul, he's above that. No, he said, I still have to discipline my body. I still have to keep it into subjection. I still have desires that I have to crucify. But here's the good news. If you will, he said, clean living is stronger living. Put up the next verse. This is a great verse. Maybe you've never seen this one before. That's actually pronounced Job, not Job. It says, yet the righteous will hold to his way, and he who has clean hands will be stronger and stronger. Those of you who are trainers and those of you who are athletes and those of you who are into working out know that clean eating is better than not clean eating. Clean eating will help you be stronger. And we'll tell you something. Spiritually speaking, clean living will help you be stronger. Now, listen, don't say, Alan, are you going to condemn us? Absolutely not. Remember, this, this is a growth process and we're all learning and growing. You stay in the game. Say, well, I've made mistakes. All of us have made mistakes. The key is not staying in the mistake. It's getting up, getting forgiveness, and staying in the game. Don't quit. Don't stop. Get up and go, I'm just such a failure. You're not a failure. You just haven't learned how to win yet. And so if you, but it starts with forgiveness. It does not start with you condemning yourself. So receive the forgiveness. Ask the Lord to forgive you. He said he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Get right back in the game like you never sinned because he's not counting those against you and start living cleaner than you did last week. And you can do that and you're living stronger. And we're out of time. So next week, I'll go and I, I got two more for you. How can you live stronger in the Lord. You think this will help you? That wasn't rhetorical. I was hoping you would respond to that. That's, that's, that's good. All right, let's bow our heads. Just for a moment, bow your heads for a moment with me. If you came this evening and you said, you know what, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord or I'm not sure that I do, we want to give you an opportunity to change that before you leave. Maybe you're like I was and maybe you had lived a life and you had gotten away from God and you realized, man, I, I really want to come back. I want to be a part. Man, I, I want to live with him. I want to abide in him. I want to stay connected to strength. So his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Now, we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but sitting right in your chair, right where you are tonight, you can make a connection or a reconnection with the Lord that absolutely changes your life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. If that is you that I'm talking to and you say, Alan, that is me. One of those situations applies to me. Would you pray for me? Slip your hand up just real quick across the auditorium. And say, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, appreciate your courage. Yeah, got you in the back, in the back. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Yeah, way in the back. I see you. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Okay, we're going to pray. Now, listen, if you lifted your hand, pray this prayer with us. If you didn't lift your hand and you thought, man, I should have done that, you can still pray this prayer. And we're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior.
is the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. With head still bowed just for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those, Father, who've come back to you, for those who've received you for the very first time, coming out of darkness into light, what a wonderful thing. Father, we rejoice with them. And Father, for the rest of us, those who know you, those who've walked with you, thank you that we can grow stronger and stronger in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for that hope. Thank you for that future. Thank you it belongs to us now. We give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.